automatic bird chirping machine on my sprayer. So when I spray, it opens the Stomatas up. open up. <laughs> Neighbors think I'm crazy. Every time I spray, the birds chirp. Craziest thing. Weird. <laughs> just you know, <laughs> I've got corn sits by a screaming engine all year. Just sits there and screams. And I don't notice any difference. You got that? I don't notice any difference. Just screaming engine, it grows a bullet. Maybe it's tomatoes old. Pit vipers. Mosh pit vipers. Pit viper sunglasses. Just, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we got Jake Ormond here. Some guy in southeast Nebraska. Gibbs needs no introduction. Or he is Gibbs. I am still from Northeast Iowa. Gosh dang, that guy just does not move. He's almost co-hosting now. I'm yeah. right? three in a row now. It's the land of milk and honey, baby. That's right. And gold. That's right. Love Northeast Iowa. Yes. <laughs> it's great. And uh, gold, yes. I wanted to, we've had some requests, hey, you should get Jake on a podcast. So we are in an undisclosed location right now. Uh, and Jake's here. Mr. Furtigate. Video podcast. This is, guys, this is Mr. Fertigation himself. Yeah. If it can run through a pivot, he puts it through a pivot. I'm going I'm to test it. I want to ask about it. Right. But, so, I want to see, yeah, we were talking, you and I were talking earlier, where last year you just binged on micros. You're like, yes. this is the answer to my farm. Yeah. What's well, your view from last year to now? Um, well, last year was one of them things where, you know, I got to know you guys, started to meet you guys. So, it's like... I want to tweak with everything. Like, all I have all this new information I'm learning. Talking to Ben, he's throwing out all these terms that I've heard before but I'm not looked into. So it's like, let's throw the book at it. That sounds fun. Well, once you figure out is some operations aren't equipped to throw the book at everything right off the bat. And all I did was, when, and so speaking, we talked about family a little bit earlier. We're a three-person operation. Well, when one person wants to do it and the other two you haven't even talked to him about it. Just creates for one person pulling his hair out, and that would be of me and Mal. So this year now I'm just like, yeah, forget all that. Give me the basics. I just want to go back at it. I want to start from ground zero. I'll get back up to them heavy micro loads and, and tweaking with everything, but I want to bring it all back down and kind of start over and work my way back up. It's stressful. It's very stressful. Yeah, and then we don't move the needle the way we think we would. And we've talked about just in the last podcasts um, with Johnny and um, Travis, it's it's like balancing everything. And then you talk about risk management, you know, out west, how do we balance that out here? And it's like, oh man, but I wanna go. So we've talked about Jake's circle that you rent, you didn't. It's crop shared. Okay, yep. so this is a pivot that Jake got it was give us give me the history on this. We've talked about it some, but we've got you here. You know, the plan that was going to be executed, and then the plan that was executed, right. the difference, and then how it tied into return on investment. So it was limited. I mean, limited history on the farm going forward. But as anything that I like to do, just kind of trying to get into this, you know, the ag agronomic side of things and learning about the farms. Is if I pick up a new farm, first thing I do, grid sampling. I want to. I want to know a base just to know where you're at. So that's that's kind of about the same time I started talking with you guys, shared it with Ben. Ben's like, all right, here you go. Here's what I would do. 
But as mine, I'm like, I'm going to do it all <laughs> right away. Yeah, I'm doing everything. I'm going to do it all. And I, I got to most of it. The only thing I couldn't get is light enough in the spring. I couldn't get ag lime put on. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get it spread. And I what, Tell me a little bit about your soil test. Oh, man, I'd have to remember. Really high mag. Really high mag. Low really organic. low calcium. This low is calcium. run up by a dairy. It's constantly <laughs> chopped, right? Um, it had previous chopping history, but it hadn't been for a while. It was far okay. enough back away but um no just regular corn corn soybean rotation operation good water on it good well i would say good quality water i don't know i'm not one that's gotten into the testing of that stuff yet like from the last couple podcasts i've sat here and just i'm like the like complete opposite of i don't test nothing (laughs) i just farm (laughs) ben will ask me he's like what's what's your water like i don't know uh, wet, it's, wet comes out the ground. Well, it's uh, 800 <laughs> gallon per minute. I'll tell you that much, and I can make a full circle in this amount of time. But that's that's big pivot, right? That's good, that's water. good water. That's good water. That's good that's amount of water. Good. But um, so no, that was just that. Really, he helped me break down my soil test more than anything. But the whole stem of it was, you have, I won't say the company, but you have that person come pull your grid samples for you then they're making the recommendations. When you get the recommendations, that particular farm was so far out of whack, my dry fertilizer recommendation was like a slap in the face. I'm 20, I was 27 years old at the time taking on this farm when they're telling me that it's gonna cost me almost $300 an acre, otherwise I'm not gonna raise 180 bushel corn. We looked at other options and that's where we started. And that's where we're kind of I got of this start- call from Jake. Yep. Well, it was an Instagram message. Instagram. Actually. It was a. It was before maybe one of you guys' first podcasts. It said, "Ask questions." Like, yeah. hey, ask us a question. I said, "Well, what about hemocofulvic acid?" And you went, "Well, I do. I got information for you." <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy. Yep. Yep. And that's where it went from there. And then it's like, you need to talk to Ben. He knows more about irrigation. So then a few phone calls with Ben, and we kind of went back and forth there, and started with all this with singular and with you guys, pretty green. I mean, pretty. We're all base, green, bro. Yeah, we're all green. As far as like, well, and just started that. I didn't grow up in agriculture. I was raised construction family, stuff like that. I'm pretty influential when it comes to the agriculture side of things. My father-in-law is who I farm with. He's been a great mentor in my life. But as far as you know, just how it goes, you're new into something. You're learning, yeah. you're learning. You want to keep learning more, no matter where it's coming in from see that a lot with the first gen farmers very influenceable yep. very very a lot of drive to learn mm-hmm. they, they're like hey teach me I don't know um, but they got a whole different set of battles you know than someone that's multi-generate I mean I'm fourth gen you know mm-hmm. I, I've got a whole different set of battles that I've got to deal with than, than the guy that's just coming in the guy's just coming in is probably you know working on beginner farmer loans or things like that where you've got you know say your multi-gen farm that you're talking to landowners that you crop share with telling them what you know your crop plan is and they're sitting there looking at you like you're doing what you know and that this whole process of that but anyway i'm getting away from your uh i don't remember where we were going you got far enough you put humic on did put humic on that was the first one that was that was my first trial with it just seeing where it was um humic ran lots of fulvics in the furrow 
Um, threw some things through the pivot that Ben told me not to throw through the pivot. <laughs> so straight, you put a but shank through your hand, you ripped it. It ripped the whole thing, yeah. That not was, like with an inline. Yes, inline yep. ripper. Yep, ripped that, did that whole thing. Um, cut populations back, we did that. We pulled populations back quite a bit. How much? Um, well, usually we were planting 30, 32,000. I think we 26, 5, 27. It was About right 30% in there. for pulls. Yeah. Yep, so we pulled them back. Um, and I don't know, it was it was a lot. It, last year was a lot, because that was, that was the one field where it was like, let's try everything. And it was, it was very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> it was, because it very was Very like, non-conventional, though, in right. regards to, you know, put a ton of lime, put a lot of manure, put a bunch of dry. Unconventional uh, to let's push it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and, and just being, you know, without pulling the samples and consulting in people with different opinions from the road, it looks like a really good farm. It's a flat, slightly rolling quarter, good water on it. If you pick that farm up and didn't look into anything, that's the one you're gonna go, I'm gonna push this farm. It's mm-hmm. a good farm. Not knowing what's below the surface. And that was that would have been my first thought taking it on. That's what it was too. It, it is, it's a fine farm. I mean, it, it reached the yield goals that we had set for it for what the circumstances were, but. Yeah. But, yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> so you yeah, reach we a yield goal with it. Yeah, you mean a program that was not a conventional program. Right, and I, I mean, like I said, when I say yield goal, it's good water. We weren't, we weren't shooting for the moon. We weren't shooting for 300 bushels of the But you had to cut no. water off you multiple said times last yeah. summer. 175, right? Wasn't that the original? Uh, I was shooting for 200. Or 200. 200 to 220, I would have been happy with that. And it was right, it was, the irrigated circle was right up around there. Driving corners were burnt, they were gone. Yeah. We had no rain last year. Everything was. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. But no, it was, I mean, it was kind of going through it. It's one of them you guys talk about all the time. The August is the, what is it, the month, month of the expectation? It's the month of the <laughs> month, month of the promise. promise. Yeah. Yep. So I, I'm sure just texting you guys back and forth, walking that field in August, I was like, hey, this is going to blow it away. Blow that away. That wasn't <laughs> the case. <laughs> it wasn't the case at all. You got So then when you get the combine gets rolling through the field, then there's that first initial disappointment because you're like, I walked this all summer long. I thought it was going to be 200. I counted all those yeah. years around and long. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Thought, Matt I mean, doesn't lie. I can second that exact feeling. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I had that this year. Uh huh. Oh yeah, yeah. You called. I and had that like, feel that I. Oh, 200 bushel. I'm gonna hit 400. Yeah. I had so much expectation. The ears were huge. Pods everywhere, and we just it, lost it all. Yeah. I, I hopped in the combine. I had my phone on ready for that Snapchat. I was like, this field monitor's gonna light up. Here <laughs> We're gonna break Here it. it comes. We're gonna you break know, the, it. The, t- the typical scan scan yield monitor, like, yeah, it's the way you can you can calibrate that to make it say whatever you yeah. want. But I was like, this is gonna be great. And it was it was like I said, once you kinda got through it and I was I was texting you guys both while we were picking it and it kinda once you got through it, you're like, okay. We were both like, are you at that circle yet? Yeah. Are you at that circle yet? Yeah. Yeah. dying to know what that circle's going to do. It was. Harvested. It was. It was the last one we got to, just how, you know, kind of, we're really spread out. We're over two counties. So, or one county, two counties, that's right. That one's in Gage County, over in Jefferson. But, yeah, <coughs> we're pretty spread out. So, by the time we made the whole circle, that was the last one. So, that probably would have had it impact on the yield a little bit too when you're it's 12 percent moisture and you're pulling oh, yeah. it off of there but 
It makes a difference, not a ton, but it does make a difference. Yeah, that's. Yeah, we cut your fertility program like what? The, well, it's two hundred fifty bucks an acre. Mm-hmm. The thing was, and the, it was don't like you wanted to put manure on it. Yes. Ben was like, not yet. Lime before manure, but you get a lot of things to work on before you need to put the manure on. Is basically what it was. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. So how can we maximize your manure application? when it's applied and let's make sure the timing is right basically i remember the biggest thing was the phs in the fours there were some of that in there yep fours it's like if you put that manure out there it's gonna tie up fours that was the high the lowest i've ever seen is five five two yeah that that farm was really high mag so he's like if you put your manure application on you're not gonna see it same if it went on with the with the um 1152 or whatever from the co-op gonna tie up immediately sure so yeah it's super super acidic. well we're not we're not told about uh, magnesium in basic agriculture mm-hmm. you know we rely on our agronomist and I mean that's what Johnny does but you know he's given much more broad spectrum overview on soil tests right you know hey Let's look at this, but yes, this is off like balance, the whole balance, balance. conversation. <coughs> um, you don't eat pizza all day, every day. You know, you have a balanced diet. Sure as heck would. And if you did, after three days, you'd feel like crap. Yes. Like, I don't even I don't make want it that far pizza. anymore. I'm bloated on pizza. It's like an hour later. I can't yeah. eat mama fiends that long. I can eat mama fiends. That's because my guts are already flushed. And we're good for that. Mama Fina's will flush your gut. <laughs> if you ever driving through Southwest Kansas, drive through, go stop at Mama Fina's and have her chorizo breakfast burritos. <coughs> it literally gives. Josh sits on the pot for days, but he will not I stop. Won't eating. stop eating it. It's so worth it's the punishment so he's enduring. Ben calls dedication. me. What are you doing, man? Detoxing. Detoxing. <laughs> detoxing. That is dedication. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, no, you know, I was surprised, you know, when we were working with Jake, the whole, you know, the initial start there. As we weren't even, we weren't a company, we weren't doing, it's just like. It was very, very, early. yeah. but the, the whole thing was, is that we had a few issues, and Captain Ron, I thought he was going to shoot us for sure. Yeah, planting season, we had a couple. Oh, he was pissed off. We had a couple there, but <laughs> we got through it. Good. Now he's like. Let's do it. Let's do it all. (laughs) Well, like I said, last year, you know, it was kind of, other than under the circle, we were so Mm drought-ridden. Everything that I farm, other than that circle myself, then I have a couple other crops here, it's dry land. So we burnt up everything. So it was like all this year of all this new stuff, trying with you guys, working with you guys, and then no results at the end of the year. year. Nothing nothing worked. Right. But you didn't spend as much money. That's right. That's where we made money last right. year is in watching our expenditures. Right. Yeah. On the inputs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the, I mean, hit the yield goal just by changing management, mm-hmm. changing management practices. Or at the very least, didn't reduce the yield. Hit my goal, but. Right. It was a new farm. I much more cost effective. You don't know what you're getting. I didn't know what was out there to be had or what was out there to gain. That Mm -hmm. was, I guess, we're at now. We're at a starting point as far as yield goes and understanding what's going to come from what we do that farm, but which is nice. But yet, spent less money on it than what I would have. Sure. In the beginning, but that's kind of just where that all started. That's the fun part. Like you guys have done two podcasts back to back here. We've been breaking down soil tests. Well. 
most guys will sit down and go over your soil tests with you. They'll tell you. They'll tell you what you need. You got recommendations. You yeah. get this small. You'll get this small little sheet here, with your your levels on it, and then you like you get you know all these nice green Color, and red colors, maps, colors, colors and pictures. Eight page book that well, has like nothing. That's in it. that's a mentality <laughs> that even farmers have. Because when I first started working with Josh, so just tell me what to do, man. Just tell me what to do. Just shut up. Quit, quit making me I don't want to tell you what to do because I want you to learn this so I don't have to keep explaining the same damn thing over to you. Yes. And that's the approach that I've taken. Yeah. Because yeah. if and you it's, learn it, then you can apply it, and then I can teach you more complex things. Yeah. Well, so many times we're, you know, we're working with guys, just tell me what to do. And I've, tr I've tried to adopt Ben's philosophy of, well, I don't, well, like, kind of like at the field day, that guy came up, and he's like, what are you selling? I said, what's your biggest problem? <laughs> I'll sell it to you. Yeah, and he, he's like, excuse me? And anyway, this guy had a chip on his shoulder, serious chip on his shoulder. Come find out he was a retail ag. Yep. Anyway, not saying everyone retail ag does. I've got some very good friends in retail ag. Um, he comes, he's, you know, oh, my, oh, my farm, this and that, and so-and-so and this and that. And he's like, well, what, what's your product here? And I said, what's your biggest problem? And I, he, he's like, what do you mean? I said, what's your biggest problem on your farm? What do you face? Who says you need something? Uh -huh. You may not need something. You may not need what's sitting here. You may need something else. Man, I yep. just had a call this morning with a guy about that. He's like, what do you guys do? And I was like, you'd be amazed how many people I come in and just slash their programs, and then that's all we do. Yeah. I mean, even the Jakes, we didn't put a ton in there. We took a lot out, and then he wanted more. Yep. And that's all we did. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to teach you to get out of your own way. That's really what it is. That's really what it is. Adaptability. I like that from we yeah. you guys did an adaptability podcast and that's what it was and you kind of you start to learn that, especially with Ben because he'll be really in, he'll be super informative off the start and then he'll just fade out. He'll pull back. <laughs> he'll just let you he'll let you go. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. And you're yeah. going across the field, you're like, I'm doing this! me off yet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so adaptability, how in southeast Nebraska, dry land and irrigation, how do you take adaptability from last year? I want to get Iowa's too. And move that into 2024. I don't... That's such a fluid, it's a fluid question for me. I know. That could, change, that could change in a month. Exactly. It could. That's adaptability. Yeah. So like last year you learned that you can have the greatest plant in the world, but if Mother Nature takes us cut first, yes. she don't give a damn what you put in that crop. Mm -hmm. Neither does the insurance. And I say it kind <laughs> of, a, well, that's, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. you could have had, I could have had nothing in, no, I could have put nothing out there than planted the seed last year, and that would have been the best case scenario yep. because it was an insurance if check. If you'd yeah. have planted five thousand, you would that have been your best option. Mm -hmm. ROI, because yeah, it was just had to be planted. Yeah, mm -hmm. just had to be planted just last year. Just some seeds. And, up. Mm -hmm. and no, nobody's ever gonna go do that. You're you're gonna yeah. you're gonna take it up to the last breath of trying to raise that crop into oh i want to send that snapchat yield monitor to my neighbor yeah, that's no. what i do yeah, i just that no. is like my goal every single <laughs> year like the last thing i want to do, do is collect ever, insurance you ever find something and it really works like oh 
Oh, I'm just going to tell him, but not yet. Because yep. it's not so much that he wants to just. I'm going like, to wait for him to ask me. <laughs> what did you do? I, I just want to wait till he loses his mind and smashes his head into the wall or something. That's it's what like, I'm yeah, waiting for. We're great friends. It's just one of those things that I just love to just like kind of poke at it. I'm like, I know I'm, I'm right and you're not. Yeah, yeah. You know, about this thing. Listen, <laughs> instead of talking about it this year, we'll talk about it next year. Yep. Yeah. And just send that. He'll monitor after it's calibrated, of course, because yeah. I get it calibrated almost every year. Actually, this year I didn't because the yields were not there. <laughs> you didn't have enough corn to calibrate. D four drought in the eastern island, which never happened. Jake's sitting there like in the combine, just just flying across the oh, field, just picking corn. Anyway, and he's like, "Man, we're in some pretty good corn now, boys." <laughs> or it's like six. Yeah, it jumped up above five. Yeah. That would be so depressing. Dude, it was so bad last year. Last year, I feel like that kind of affects my mindset. Maybe that's why I dialed back so hard. It's like we got kicked so hard. We just like, and but now we have a declining market. So you get it back to back. So you had drought kick you last year. You didn't get to test anything. Right. You get the, and now it's like now I have to be tight because <coughs> things are coming down. Or I have to have that mindset a little bit. So it, they kind of like, they kind of just stacked on top of each yeah. other. You do, but then again, you got to look at this. You're not going to farm year to year. Right. You're planning on farming another 30 years, or 20, you know, especially on the land that you own or you have long-term contracts mm. with. I did not throttle back on every acre I have this year. So far, I have not throttled back nothing. Spring is coming, yeah. but this fall, I pushed every single acre for next year, planning on rain and extremely high yields. Mm -hmm. Pulled soil tests, we needed calcium. We had high aluminum levels. Calcium with that, but you're not doing you're not doing you know, stupid swings where you're dumping hundreds no. and hundreds of dollars out I there. Like at, every acre yep. is going to be a new record. Yeah, no, I looked at every field as we're going to push it to its full potential, but not like try to break yield records with it. Yeah, but like okay, we're starting this last fall. It's like all right, we need to fix these issues in our soil because if we have a drought year, it's going to be even worse than yeah. what it was last year. Yeah. But if we can invest some money for a three or five year plan, like don't mind investing the money. Long term. Well, you talking about you know, that? Investing in what yeah. you know is going to pay off. Yes, mm -hmm. I invested in what I. I didn't go and dump, you know, three all my nitrogen out last fall. Like we're going to push for, you yeah. know, it was other things in the soil that needed to get fixed. Yeah. Well, you know, I would say you're addressing things that most people don't even take into consideration. Yes, like, I addressed a lot like of the your exact things. calcium placement. Yes, your, you know, your your mile, your your you what know, forms we are going to apply. Yeah, you know what cover crop species are we going to put on different fields to benefit next year? Yeah, you know just things like that. Now come this spring, I got my numbers in place that I've already applied per acre, my dollars per acre. Now we're looking at okay, what are we going to put up front with the planter, and then from there, what's our budget consist of for Y dropping, foliar feeding, and we'll make that decision as the year goes. If it doesn't rain for three months, we're not going to side dress, you know. Like you know, you know that's the thing. It's like pushing to the max potential. It's usually a timing thing more than anything. Yep. It's like, so he's going to do these deals, and I'm going to go ahead and push that portion of it, but he's not creating more risk because mm -hmm. by doing that, he's also making a wider range of adaptability and ability to adjust for the year. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, guys, Ben and Josh here. We've been doing a blog once a month, kind of help us express out exactly how we work through problems on a monthly basis and i it's pretty real life it's dealing with real yeah, life problems yeah. on the farm typically it's event session in short form so you want to check it out links in the description yeah
it, it's not all about just throwing more. Mm-hmm. It's about doing it right. Doing it right. Yeah. Yeah, we're making changes this year. I mean, strip freshener. Mm-hmm. Everything gets side dressed. How dare you? You're coming you know. proper. How dare you? I I, w- I am not <laughs> going to strip till everything. Yeah. I am a, going to be a I. I People used to call me, they're like, oh, you're the no-till farmer. Everything you do is no-till. You are anti-tillage. I'm not anti-tillage. I'm just anti-recreational tillage. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't feel like you need we to go out there and just rip it. everything because that's what everybody else does. It's like, if a field needs to fix with tillage, then fix it with tillage. Thank you, Hendricks. Yeah. And I have not met him. You know, the other guys have. But everything... He's not anti. No, he's not because really anti. Because he even anti. mentions in some of his deals that he took a disc to some fields. Yeah. yeah. This has a place here. This has, has a place, place here. This has yeah. a place here. Yeah. We flood. Do you ever flood irrigate? We yeah. never have, or haven't since I've been in operation. <clears throat> when you pull beds, the only way to really do anything is you got to pull a disc out there. You got to take a disc and smooth the beds off so that way you can go in and do your fall stuff, and then to pull a bed back yeah. up. So that's where all your tillage comes from. And a lot of that's habit. Break the habit, and that's you know one of the issues. But the disc is that's where the disc in our area was huge. Hmm. Into multiple passes because you got big long stalks on a flood bed, it's not going to flow. It hangs just it's like beaver dams with all your corn stalks going yep. out into the into the right creeks. down the river. Yeah. yeah, same thing. It won't flood down there. You got to chop it up and get it in. It's an irrigation thing. Yeah. So, I think there's too much of that. Like you're full no-till or you're full conventional. No, not that's not our equipment. You've seen our farms. We've got. Three farms, and they're piled with machinery. All sorts of machinery. You get sweet plows. Discs. Huge strip, discs. Strip till. Um, cultivators. Row cultivators. Field fin- yeah. Or, um, yeah, we VT. have field finishers, VTs, strip conditioners. Yeah. We have it all. Yeah. Because we know Cover that cropping. You cover cropped a ton of acres last year. This year. Excuse me. Yeah. 20, 23, 24, all cover crop. Yeah. 22, 23. Nothing. I couldn't do any. They had to handle water. Yeah, it all just blew. It was every so day. dry. Yeah, we couldn't do nothing. So, adjusting, adapting, yeah. not getting hung up, and you're on your side, I'm on my side. We got opposing views. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, screw you, Gibbs. I don't like your no-till crap. It's stupid. No. Yeah. So, well, and I had people tell me that. They're like, I don't believe in your no-till stuff. Right. Well, and so many that. people, people are like, <laughs> people are like, you know. They will go. They will have tunnel vision on one way to do things, and even it's like it's like it's not paying. Like, dude, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do that on you know a management practice or? It just yeah. There's so much of this opposing views is a problem. It's that way in the general public anyway right now, but the ag sector is no different. Yeah. And just because my opinion doesn't line up with yours doesn't mean nothing. But you could probably take components out of my opinion and influence yours a little bit to tweak what you're doing to make it really good. Yeah. Not do what I do exactly. Just there may be one or two things that work pretty good. Yeah. Well, and what you do in Kansas is different than what we do in Eastern Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and it's. I think that, and you want to talk about this a little bit, I think that's why a lot of these guys are transitioning farms from older generation to younger generation where the hang-up is. The young generation, that guy's a damn idiot. No, that guy's just got a lot of years and he knows what risk is. Yeah. Yep. So, young pup that hasn't seen any risk. Sure. You're gonna or a terrible that. year. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. When you have to start go shopping for banks because you've had such a rough year, that's when you start really understanding that kind of stuff. And those guys did all that in the 80s. I, I have heard the stories of the 80s a lot. When you go change a light switch in your house and you're pulling the freaking screws out because you're going to save some money, that's when you know things are tight. Yeah. So you pull a light fixture out, you're pulling the bulbs out, you're pulling everything out. Yeah. You want, yeah, you want to, it, I think every, every guy that has not experienced, you know, that was born after 1990 um, should go and find an older farmer or three and talk to them about the 1980s. I think <coughs> it would be very, very beneficial. Yeah. Um, but now, granted, we've got crop insurance now, we've got government programs, we've got, you know, a lot of things in place that those guys did not have to help them with. Um, but still, you know, higher interest, I'm not saying this is high right now. It's higher than it has been. Historically um, low still. It is still yeah. historically yeah. low. Remind you that. But That's we're talking this morning about interest. mortgage rates, like, yeah. oh, you know, and up 1%, just 1% can, you, you feel it. A I'm lot. Sure, a lot. Yeah. A lot. But, um, you know, and I think there's a lot of young guys that want to try new things, we talked about this this week, is that the delivery is not always right. Um, You're learning a lot about that, aren't you? I am learning a lot about that. <laughs> I've learned more in the last six months than I've... <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. Um, about areas I never thought I'd ever be addressing in my life. But you, there's two ways to ask something or say something. You can... and. You can use the same words, but the way you present it completely changes the way it was received. Mm -hmm. And like my dad, um, he was he would be considered a very progressive farmer in his whole farming career. He's the first one. He's the first one to pan anhydrous on with a chisel. That was a new thing, brand new thing, way back. He's the first one to no-till. He's the first one to do 15-inch beans. I mean, like, in our area. Yep. Um, you know, and I wanted I wanted to get into strip till. You know, and this is when Dad was starting to phase out of the farming side of things in regards to management, uh, the day-to-day -day <coughs> management, and it was tough for him. I still think he thinks it's kind of like I don't know, but there's this whole <laughs> I don't know. It's a paradigm it's, shift, and I'm gonna have to deal with it with my kids. If you learn a lesson, particularly if you learn a lesson and you got your butt burnt learning it. And then somebody comes along and tells you that that didn't happen, that's going to piss you off. Oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, man. If yeah. you got your butt burnt doing that, you're really going to get testy. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of guys, delivery, it's like, that's why I always tell guys, you got to go talk to the guy even if he doesn't look like he's doing it right. There's a reason he's doing that. He doesn't do it because he knows it's wrong. Your guy that spread <clears throat> the planning out to uh, allocate yeah. his water hundred percent times people will tell you a hundred percent he's probably the worst irrigator in the county he is the worst as far as planning you know planting planning but that guy i learned so much from him around spreading water you know when you have allocations and for here and you can't water this one and this one so how do you time that out all come from him i, I watched him and he is the worst at that and so most people won't even think about that yeah. So, um, bean technology comes from my dad, and he's t he's a terrible irrigator too. Bean technology. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. Got it. Watching him push beans, 
by just being it's it's stubbornness is what it is uh-huh. but i learn like it's like i'm learning from his mistakes sure. that's probably a good way to put it learn from their mistakes too sure well and there's you know one of the things dad told me was i remember one year i was doing some strip till and we got a massive flood and he's like the this one area i strip tilled the same direction that the water broke out across the valley and it carved all the dirt out of those, tr- those trenches. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. That makes uh, you guys sick. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you know what's gone? Your dirt and all the fertility. You yeah. just put down Everything, there everything right there. It went somewhere. Oh, yeah, the tillage. You know, but that's very valuable. Like, ooh, that's a good thought. That's that, why I'm not running That's good thought. That's, yeah, right. We got, um, our area, we have a lot of HEL soil, so highly rotable land. Sure. And, uh, we learned pretty quick. This is going to sound confrontational, but hear me out. No-till farms in HEL land in western Kansas guarantees a blow issue. Okay. If you don't pop some cl- pop some clods out and stir the silt in a little bit, that thing will blow away first drill that goes across there. Hmm. And so it's just one of them things that you just learn. The strip till, strip till is great until the wind goes down the road. First, and when we start planting, and you see fields blowing in western Kansas because it's windy or whatever one day, it's all strip till. It runs down that row, and away it goes. Hmm. Just weird lessons like that. No-till, air seeders, 100%. Prime it to blow if it's never been worked at all. And it breaks it loose, it'll blow if without a rain. You guys run any stripper heads out there? Now see that? That... Gosh dang Dude. it, Gibbs. Because, <laughs> like, that's the first thing I think of is the guys that are stripper using head. stripper heads are like, you look at the snow they're holding. But there's a thing to that. You there's a look. catch. It's a total, yeah. There's a catch. If you deal with, like, straw that's at the table, yay high, yep. you know, it's 30, 40 bushel wheat, stripper head works really well. If you get 100 bushel rank wheat, it immediately teepees up into shocks and the whole field starts laying down. And then it piles. It breaks the bottom loose and it piles. If you run a platform head and cut it, it'll stay standing and it won't TP up and blow over. So sometimes the stripper head and really good wheat makes it worse, not better. And you were telling me that stripper headed wheat will decompose faster, right? It breaks the crown. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got a decaying crown, that's what's going to decay first. So then you got a long two, three foot straw on there. And then it breaks, and then away it goes. It breaks the next one, next one, next one. You would think it would it would but be better for half, ground cover. Yeah, you if you can cut it in half, the crown will support that half a straw a lot better than that full length. Yeah. Was there ever any trees in your part of the county? Like, no. no. Well, when a we few flo- in the river. <clears throat> what river? Cottonwood. My river. Oh, sorry, my river. I didn't know if like you guys cleared away a lot of trees and got issues with blowing from that. No, <laughs> like no, it's dude. the HEL soils. That's the biggest really? issue. Yeah. Anytime you get into those, and oh man, it you're going to have a no-tiller saying if you cover crop that thing, you'd fix it. And like in the dry year, that is one exception. If you can tie it, I, I call it you know the sewing. You're stitching in your old stover mm-hmm. with a cover crop. It will do that, but you got to have the water to be able to do it. Yeah. I'm not kidding, man. You drive across western Kansas just any time during the summer, all it is is dust. It's all, oh, it's it all blows to the north, and then it all blows to the south, and then it all blows to the north, and it all blows to the south. You wonder how on earth, like Ben, ben will talk, I'm like, how do you have any dirt left? He's like, what do you mean? It's like, it's been windy out here for 
Hyerson started plowing it 150, 200 years. How's there any dirt left? He's like, it all blows northern Kansas. And that, it all Texas blows back to Texas. The Texas just, guy told me that once. <laughs> yeah. It blows. When you get down into cotton country, they really keep that clean. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it blows to the north side one day, blows to the south side the next day. It's okay. By the end, it'll end up somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Your fields just are constantly moving. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's no joke. What? It's crazy. It is. But it's, it's just, I don't know, beds, and, and there's so many reasons to do it that way or not do it that way. I thought, I thought Ben was crazy when it was crazy dry, like they couldn't catch rain. That's when he started, hooked up the chisel. And started chiseling ground. Like, just can't blow rocks. What are you doing? <laughs> like, what no, what no. are you doing? I would this see is... that as you're pulling up tombstones or whatever you want to call them, uh -huh. and the sand hits that and it just keeps sandblasting it. No, it gets stuck it. in the crevices. You're creating like mini windbreaks. Because you imagine like I sand still particle. find that hard to believe. A sand particle flying across the ground, and it hits. Now you have a divot. And now that one breaks some sand particles. Then it hits the next one. That's how you get it. If you can get it before it starts blowing, like if you got a sifty spot, if you chisel that, then the whole field won't blow. If you ignore that, then the next thing, you know, four or five hours come back and the whole damn thing's gone. It's true. There's few things in life that I don't have to experience. I'm glad that's one of them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. I didn't believe it. It's just one it. of those deals. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. And the cover cropper guys are just losing their minds right now, screaming, <laughs> screaming at their phones. But same here, like man, there's got to be a better solution to that problem. Plant all, as, as Mason say, plant all the grass and plant, apologize to the Indians. Because <laughs> Heathman, might have been Heathman. Plant all the grass and apologize to the Indians. What do you think about what was that country? Grass. Yep. And we're, we're telling it not to be grass. Yep. Yeah. You know, you're telling dirt that had a job to do something else. It's. It's not that bad, realistically. Every yeah. once in a while, you have a bad year. Yeah. But it, like I mentioned, if you get snow, and then you don't turn the silt, and you don't get a rain, then that sucker's gonna blow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Aaron, how are we on time? That's what we done. Yeah. Okay. Um, Gibbs. What are you changing this year? What what are what is the number one thing you're looking forward to on the farm? The number one thing I am looking For forward to on the farm. Anything. I am looking forward to having even emerging corn this year. Like a perfect, they all come up in 12 hours stand. Nice. That's my goal. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's the one thing that I'm probably most excited for. Jake's looking forward to 180 inch white tail. Yeah, that, Walked right through down. that fence opening. Yeah. <laughs> Turn that corner. You, you told him he was just going to jump the fence. That's what you told me. Yeah. On a three-wire, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, well, watch a 180 jump that fence right there. I said, I have to have a 180 on my farm for that to happen. That's a win in itself. So we'll go. take one step at a time. I was telling I was telling Gibbs. Gibbs, is, Gibbs has got a cool, really cool Facebook page. Um his kids are very involved. All, all four of us are dads that farm and have kids on the farm. Um, I was telling Gibbs how much I admired how the way he parents his kids in regards to the farm. It's not, this is the farm and this is the kids. It is like a working unit. Gibbs is out working on his planter. 
And I mean, this is not to like boost your ego or whatever. I think it it's, makes me feel good. Though. <laughs> it's keep going. It makes me yeah. like. <laughs> I see. I see it. And I'm like, okay. And and like your kid was walking around with a stack of strainers the other day. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they're just like, tr just crap goes everywhere. Yeah. You know, and I'm sitting there, and you know, I got my nicely organized toolbox, and Wesley comes over, my son, and he starts pulling tools off and starts going to stuff and banging on rims, and <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I'm like. I need to chill out. We used a 10 millimeter wrench as a drumstick in my tractor this fall. He says, Dad, play We Will, We Will Rock You. So I put it on the radio and he's sitting there with my sunglasses on, <laughs> hitting ding, the ding, handle ding. of the door. So it's ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, and I saw so I took a Snapchat. I says, I knew that 10 millimeter would get used this summer. That's right. And he's sitting there banging on the door. Banging away. Just chipping the paint. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever it's a 20 year old 8110 tractor i don't care yeah. chip the paint you're three years old yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean there's been many times ben will call me and he's got a cab full of kids yeah. just riding on the you floor put a lot of kids in an r series cab yeah. <clears throat> that's a beautiful part about yeah. the life we live though it is it is i didn't get i didn't get to grow up in that I, we touched on that a little bit i didn't grow up in farming now i get to raised my daughters in that setting and it's really special because that's how my wife grew up yeah and so she it's just kind of all tying in and it's it's good living it is it really is it's i keep thinking back to what you said you know you learn a hard lesson really hard and i mean i think a lot of us learned that last year it was it was that ego check a lot of us needed to you know and we're all capable of life is the ultimate teacher it is it is, you know, you, you best laid plans of mice and men. You know, you can do everything right, <laughs> but man, and I, I mean, we had guys last year. I, he did everything right. He's just, you got no one to pull the plug when you throw in the towel, you know. But anyway, no, I don't know. You're 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 worm bed. You know, kids sitting there picking out worms and this and oh, that. It's well, it's the best thing to let them play in dirt. You know, let kids get their hands dirty. So yeah, we got a continuous flow worm vermicompost system, and my. Milk house in the barn, heated. The kids go in there and they climb up there and they play in the dirt and grab worms out. Yeah. They just love it. I taught Wes <laughs> that sounds... worms are our friends. Like ASMR to me. What's that? <clears throat> just playing there and screwing around with the worms and stuff. Yeah. But I told Wes, hey, worms are our friends. Like, you know, and he's digging his dirt pile and he found a worm out here. Dad! <laughs> anyway, he comes running around the corner of the shop, it's a worm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, go put him back in the dirt. He's going to be our friend. And, okay. But, yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about family farming, but it didn't really go that way, which is totally fine. I mean, these are not scripted at all. Um, it's kind of nope. sit down where this whole thing goes is where it goes. But... You know, you didn't grow up on the farm, came into the farm. Your dad did farm. Did your dad work off the farm? Too? Yeah, so my dad grew up farming on a dairy and hog farm. Okay. And then he bought the farm that we're on today. They dairied and raised hogs, got out of hogs in the mid-90s, sold the, the registered cows in the um, late 90s. And then after he sold the cows, he ran the farm for a year or two. Then he got a job in town, rented the farm out. Well, the guy who rented it, I actually worked for and helped him out. Then when I got done with college, I came back and took over the farm. What did you go to college for? I went to college for ag mechanics, 
because I was told I had to go to college. <laughs> I would have rather, honestly, if I could go back in time, I would have spent those two years going to other farms across the country mm-hmm. and learning how they operated. So Business, agronomy. If you could go back, you would intern the same guy. What didn't exist. Do yeah. what you would do. What Bean is doing. I well, I oh, would. He's yeah. yeah, he's going to everybody's farm. Well, that's what I would do. I mean, yeah. I would go and work for like Rick Clark, an organic farmer. Yeah, like somebody completely different than what we do in Iowa, mm-hmm. and just like kind of learn from him, business side of it, agronomy side of it, equipment, how they do things there. Then I'd go up to North Dakota and I'd work at Minokin Farms or mm-hmm. work for Gabe Brown, and then go to New Mexico, go to Illinois. Work for a big crop farmer, corn and beans. Like, just spend six months at a farm. Mm. Do that for two years. That's a great just to idea. open your mind, see how people do fertility. Tell you what. How do they manage their equipment? How do they manage people? Finances. We'll just swap Bring all boys that back for home. six months. That would be in great. about 15, 20 years. I don't know if you want to do that because your son would come home and be like, we're moving to Iowa. They can grow stuff there. And they got deer. And they got and big deer. Screwed. <laughs> <laughs> And he lets me beat on his doors. He just beats on tractors and stuff. Right. He's got a worm bed. He's got a huge lime pile outside with dump trucks. Yeah, so great. when you want to go fishing, do you pull worms out of your compost pile? We So originally, when we wanted to go fishing, my son knew if you wanted to go fishing, you had to go out to the field. Because we'd go and we'd find the corn stalks that were still sticking up from last year. We'd grab it and yank it up, and there'd be worms underneath. We'd grab three or four, and we'd go down the creek and catch little chubs. Yeah. So he knew, he's like, Kendrick, let's go fishing. All right. He grabbed the white bucket. We'd walk out to the bean field. There'd be corn stalks sticking out of the ground. We'd yank one or two up, grab some worms, go fishing. <laughs> now I got a worm bed, so he just walks down to the barn, <laughs> shoves his hand in there, 75 worms. <laughs> he's like, we're done. Let's go. You know? So He'd almost chum the worms. My, my child loves yeah. fishing. Loves. He'd go fishing every day if you take him. So we got a creek on our property, and there's a couple spots where the water like kind of swirls. So it's deep, and you go out there, and we'll catch these little six-inch chums. Yeah. Ours is, sure, ours is perch. Yeah, he just loves it. Yeah, perch. Perch. Really? Oh, we don't. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, I think that's, that kind of sums it up. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Well. I not see you for a, while, a little while. Yeah. Thank well, goodness, mean, no. <laughs> Man, it's been a blast. Well, like all of us are younger day. farmers. When you look at it, how many yeah. seasons of planting do you have left? Like, I look Talk at this way, that. you know. Like, I got 15 more chances to get it right on crops. If we're counting by 50. You know, if I go to 50, and then at 50, I start handing the reins down to the next generation. Yeah. You know. I Like, I've told my dad this. We just bought the farm this last year from my parents, even though I've been renting it for 10 years before that. I told my parents, I'm like, as soon as I can transition the farm to the next one, like, I ain't holding on to it. Like, we're going to transition it just like they did to me and give him a chance and let him take the reins. Let him do the management. Yeah, or her, my daughter, it. too. Either one. How old are you? 28. Okay. We're, well, for me and Gibbs, we're over halfway through our career. Yeah. Through the prime, anyway. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's depressing. And you spent the first half Man, of it. It started out so good, now it's depressing. Yeah, and you really didn't do anything and I talked until to you were 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So I started yep. pretty, really young, but, yeah. um, you know, we talked about that on a couple podcasts ago. If you could live to be 200, how much, well, it was ROI. How much knowledge did you have and how much more money could you make? Actually, I was talking to a guy about this the other day. He's like, well, we kind of do have that. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, generational knowledge, wealth knowledge. 
or wealth and whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's almost that's the point I was making earlier is that your older generation guys got knowledge to teach you to kind of flatten your mistake curve. Like technology is one thing. The dumb mistakes, your old man's going to teach you what not to be gullible with or whatever. Yeah. See, in my... My dad and mom started late in life. They had mom was 38 when she had me, 42 when they had my brother. And so, I mean, when I turned. That's what's wrong with you. Yeah. You're an old egg. I am an old egg. (laughs) (laughs) Old egg. (laughs) Thanks. But not expired. (laughs) Not expired. Close. Man. So dad was, when I turned 25, let's see, when I was 25, dad was 65, you know, but I'm looking at a totally different deal here. When I, when my son is 25, I'm going to be 47. Totally different spectrum than 65. Farming together is what you're Yeah, as my dad's going into retirement, I'm coming on. It's going to be totally different for me. And I'm, I'm, having I'm going to be 41. My first is old enough to be 18. Yeah. By then, everything will be automated tractors anyway. So like, yeah. he'll be like, Dad, we're all planting today. I'll be in the shop watching the tractor. On the I'm computer. planting. You know, yeah. That's probably they got farm simulators, just training. Yeah, it is. Basically <laughs> it's all training. it is, training the kids. I've never even played farm simulator, but it looks so cool. And guys just I, ramping it's all tractors does. and stuff. It's and, all Bean does. If he's not farming, he's playing farm simulator. He's in his house. With his frozen burritos. I sit there and think sometimes things like Call of Duty and all these war games are just training to train people how to operate drones and robotics. Yeah, that's why they, they're doing that. Yeah. But, they, yeah, we could we could dive yeah. off into that deep hole. the podcasting and going on a conspiracy <laughs> here. <laughs> but it's... You know, and so I'm sitting here trying to mentally prepare myself. Okay, when I'm not ready to retire, my son's going to be challenging what I say. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, and, and dad, why are you doing that? I want to do it this way. And so, how do I, instead of screw you, kid, you know, how do I hear that out? How do I parent him in a way so that, hey, no, not telling him no. But how can you come to dad and tell dad, hey, I've got a different idea than what you've got. Can you, will you talk to me about it? And that's just parenting in general. But I'm just sitting here thinking, damn, I'm going to die soon. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. Ben's, ben and Gibbs are like, Until we're, Gibbs we're basically that. old now. Fifteen, god dang it. Yeah. yeah. Fifteen more years. Until I slow up. Well, one of the, I listened to a farm transition planning session. I went to it as a skeptic. I was very thankful I went to it. They had a panel, which I'm a big fan of panels. And there was one of the, there was a, a longtime cattle ranch represented there. And one of the main things on their farm was that they had a retirement age on the farm. It was one of the rules of the farm. Really? You will retire at age 60. I know some operations are run, not the retirement side, but just because you're born into the farm doesn't mean you get to run a farm. Right. Like you go to college and you do these things, and they come back and they have to apply for a position in the farm. 
and the family reviews it, application does all the stuff. And if they don't get it, they don't get it. Go figure out what else you're going to do until you can reapply and do it. It's like, damn. That's one thing my dad told me, the dumber you are, the less you get. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, it's it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's true, but they had it. He, it's like we retire at this age, and then it's the next gen. It's not one of these 84 years old hanging on and this and that. You know, and that's, I know there's guys and there's young guys in those positions. Um, I feel bad for those guys that are like in that position where the next, the, that generation doesn't want to let go at all. Mm-hmm. Like they want to die with it to their name. We know, we have, just, uh, I'm not going to say names, we know someone, all of us know this person, um, and they separated from their family farm. And he'll tell you it was one of the best things he ever did. So it's one of the hardest things he's ever done. Um, he said he did it. <coughs> But it's one of the best things I ever did. Not, I'm not saying that someone should do that. I'm just saying that person did that, and they will attest to it. Someday I might may, may bring them on the podcast, talk about it, if they're willing to, because I think that'd be super powerful to a lot of young growers mm-hmm. being in a tough spot with that. Well, and if you look at the average age of these farmers, if they're not renting the ground out, they're still running it themselves. You know, there's a lot of older ones out there that don't have someone to take it over. Absolutely. I've got a couple of them that I took over for leasing. And that's what, uh, <clears throat> when I first took it over, it's like they can't let go even when they're leasing it to you. And everyone has followed the same route. First two or three years, they kind of were there, and then they kind of, you know what, I just enjoy not having to screw with it anymore. And then mm-hmm. they let go eventually to where I had one that would be, if I, we joked, he had either six cents or there was cameras on that farm. Because if I drove out there and started in a tractor or a combine, he's there instantly. This is like 10 miles from town. There's, and, nothing, there's nothing out there, bro. <laughs> there had to have been there's a camera nothing. or something. <laughs> That's yeah, what we always saw. Spotting scope up or something. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so it always used to his name's Gerald. Yeah. And it always used to be, and any of you guys from my area watching this, they're going to know who I'm talking about. But uh, And some of them know him, and they'll be laughing about it. But anyway... Gerald, every time when we go out there, how many field or how many acres can you get cut before Gerald comes out here? So it used to be a challenge, and then it got to the point where can we actually get the whole farm cut before he gets here? <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, I don't hear from him very often at all. Yeah. He might come out if he make, catches me out there doing something. It's maybe once or twice a year now. He's just gotten to the point like you know, I, I don't care. We need we need to do a podcast at some point talking about relationships with landlords. I wonder if we could get some of ours to come on. I know I could. I absolutely I could, get, could. I could get one. Wayne yeah. would come on. Yeah. He watches this all the time. Yeah. Wayne, that'd be cool. That'd be interesting to watch. Yeah. That'd be that'd be a good one. It would. Farmer land rent landowner. Mm-hmm. Most all my landlords Podcast. are over six yeah. seventy. Sixty five yep. to seventy. Well, Wayne would be probably about that. Seventy. Yeah. Gerald's getting close to ninety. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good relationship to have, you know, keep a positive relationship. And I mean, I update my landowners with, here's what we're doing in 2024. Mm-hmm. Here's what we applied to your soil and why. They get they get soil tests and biological tests. We do a PFLA, and I show them <coughs> here's how I'm building the biology of the soil. What's PFLA? Uh, phospholipid fatty acids. It'd be like a bacteria, fungi test. It's a, it's a biological test to your soil. Cool. I would do an end-year, like, this is what I've seen. This is what we're going to do. This is how I view your soil right now. This is a condition your pivot, I would say, is in. This is the well, the motor. Yep. 
think a lot of farmers of going. I think a lot of farmers are nervous to talk to their landlords because they don't they view them as someone that holds something over them and there might be for the longest time I viewed them almost the same as a banker yes exactly yeah they're that authority figure that you need to hide from because they're only trying to find you to take that ground from you yeah if they're if they call me <laughs> there's a problem uh-huh. is, is the way we start and I develop friendships with my land with I mean, I'd, I'd call most all of them friends of mine. Some of them very good friends of mine. Same here. And, like, when they call me, I now look forward to it because I've developed, you know, I've, I've turned it into a relationship. Yep. And, you know, let them know instead of, hey, if there's no communication, and I think that was a very big disconnect in the last generation, per se. I mean, there'd be times, like, you know, dad would send a rent check or whatever, and, man, we wouldn't even know if someone died. Sometimes. <laughs> like, I have Michael, my cousin. Yeah. He's got one like that too. He's like, I don't know if he's alive or not. I just hadn't got sent a letter that I know I'm sorry he's dead. <laughs> yeah. The check goes through and he gets somebody signing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's and and um, they become more vested in their ground, in their crop. Yep. They care more. And then the important thing is they become to appreciate you as a steward of the ground. Yeah. Because um and I'm really proud of a couple of them that I've now just taken over. But my dad, my grandpa, then my dad, and you know now I've taken over. They're proud that we've been there for you know 85 years farming this piece of ground, and they develop, they appreciate that relation. Hey, you know we've had a working relationship with Pretzer Farms since 1946, you know, and and they tell me how much that means to them, and yep. that's that's unique. It's not, you know, I, I would say don't be afraid of your landlords. Um, have, them to, have them for dinner. Don't be afraid that they're <coughs> going to take something from you all the time. Keep them involved, like you said, if yeah. they want to be. Yeah. Some of them don't. Some of them want to be hands off, but right. I still want to know what kind if you're of scared, if they're And if yeah. they're holding ground over you, <laughs> let go of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, that's yeah. easy to say, but, man, if they're holding that over you for some for some, Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway. Soon to come. Podcast with Farmer landlords. Farmer and landowners. That's yeah. right. Oh, that boy. I'm kind of stoked. I think I'm about texting as soon as we're done. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> you want to come, awesome. come up here? Come to Eastern well, Kansas? Well, see, that, that farm's a dual, dual, dual ownership. Okay. So, Wayne and his sister own it together, and his sister lives in Wichita. Oh, there you so go. So, it'd be real convenient. Cool. Out of time. Yeah. So, I said... Gibbs Field Egg. And, uh, yep. Cool. Farm on. Farm on. Jake. It was good chatting with you yeah. guys. Jake Laramu in South, South, or Southeast Nebraska. Um, appreciate you guys and your time. Everybody here. Uh, this is kind of the last hoorah before spring hits. Let the floodgates open. Yeah. <laughs> Let her go. It's going to be, dude. Are you guys ready for the fun. influx of questions? Because that's when they come. I know. I know. We're, we're a lot more yeah, ready this year wait. than we were last year. Yeah. We know you're all waiting to last. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. April ready? 1st. Tomorrow's going to be a busy day, too. That magical <laughs> April 1st calendar flip. Boom. <laughs> Everyone panics. So. And summer dies off a little bit. And then and field day. Okay, what just happened? Yeah. That's right. All these months are flying. They are. So. It does feel like we're going to plant tomorrow, even though it's still a couple months out. My planter's not done, and I'm freaking out. Why? <laughs> because <laughs> I've only got months left. Anyway.
All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Yep, cool. appreciate it. Thanks. Give. Until next time, farm on. Farm on. Over and out.